God is good, amen? amen. By the way, I'd like to, to let you know that I'm not a pastor, I'm just a caster. <laughs> so, every time they, they do that, I just love to do it again. <laughs> I, I, was remem- I was remembering one time, I was in Michigan, and I was uh, asked to speak for the Pathfinders, and the director of the Pathfinder said, okay, let's now give the time to, to Pastor Castor. Then I said, Pastor, you just ordained me. <laughs> Friends, God is good. Amen? Amen. I told you last, uh, last week and that that song is really growing in my heart right now. Isn't that beautiful? The Lord desires for us to be needy of Him. And friends, have you noticed? I, I've shared this uh, again last week and that it's such a turn off if you have someone that's so needy of your attention. Huh? Even friends. Like, you want to run away. But this is one thing that I realized that the Lord just desires for us to be needy of Him. When it's Him that we're needy of, it's very much acceptable. It's very okay. But when we're needy of someone, it's a little bit repulsive. And this is one amazing thing, that the Lord desires our exclusivity with Him. Isn't that beautiful, friends? Amen. What a beautiful thought. So, this evening, I'm going to be sharing something that has been such a huge blessing to my heart. And uh, I know, uh, I think who among you here are in the medical field. Please raise your hand. Okay, wow, there's, there's a lot. I remember one time I was signing up for Pathways to Health and said, and it asked about my uh, medical background, and I just put patient. <laughs> <laughs> that was my medical history, friends. <laughs> so. And I, I realized, friends, that, uh, that right now, when, and I, I could not share with you a lot of medical stuff. You have your books, and you have the hospital to tell you that, and you have your school. Uh, one thing that I realized, friends, when we look for a doctor, we want to find the track record of the doctor. We don't want a doctor that has, that has a lot of patients that passed away. <laughs> Some of them are being called like, Doctor 007. I heard that. And so we want to know the track record of the doctor. And this is the thing that I realize as well, that if we want to trust our gentle healer, then we have to know his track record. Can you say amen? amen. And there is this book that really speaks to my heart. And, and I've read this book so many times, I think three or four times, but I could not get over this book. This is the book, uh, I, I'll say this, this is the bio of our, of our gentle healer. It's a desire of ages. Aside from the Bible, this is one of my favorite, favorite books. So before we go in any further, let us, let us spend a few minutes on our knees. Can we do that? For without the Holy Spirit, we will not be able to understand this. So I'd like to, I'd like to request those who, of you who came together with, uh, with some friends, just turn to the person that you came with or person nearest you and let us ask that God will give us a Holy Spirit to give us an understanding for tonight's message. Friends, let's spend is a minute and a half to invite Jesus into our hearts. We may begin our prayers and ask and at the end of one minute and a half I'll sing a song and let's all join in. Let's pray. Yes, dear Father, we long to desire you. We long that you'll be our only one desire. 
So Lord, I pray that may you fill us with your spirit tonight. We invite you into our hearts. And Lord, I pray that may your name be lifted up. May I be hidden. May I not be seen or be heard, but Jesus and Jesus alone be seen, be heard, be lifted up and exalted. For we pray this in the loving and precious name of your son, Jesus, all your children say, Amen. Amen. A little background, friends, why I, I came into this, uh, this talk. Last year, almost a year ago, we had friends from Tennessee. It's a ministry called Jesus for Asia. And a friend here knows about it. And uh, they had this, uh, this project of, of somehow talking about Jesus through the desire of ages. So friends, when I said yes to this, uh, to this project, I did not know what I, what I was saying yes to. And friends, this is one thing that I realized, that the more we talk about Jesus, there's someone that's not so happy. Because he doesn't want the Jesus character would be magnified. Because if Jesus' character is magnified, his powerlessness is exposed. So tonight, friends, May this be our prayer, that he will be magnified. Okay, so this is a chapter 26 of Desire of Ages, entitled, Thou Canst, Thou Canst Make Me Clean. So the first talk here, the first person, there's two persons that we'll be talking about tonight. The first person is, is a leper. And friends, during the time of Jesus, we know that leprosy is like the disease. The moment you have it, it's like you just wait for your death. And friends, a little description here. It says, Of all diseases known in the East, the leprosy was the most dreaded. It's incurable and contagious character. And friends, even now, even, now, even though we, we knew that, uh, that leprosy has a cure, and yet there is still that stigma. I, I have some friends who have volunteered in leper colony. Friends, just imagine even simple things, even tying your shoelace, even opening a zipper, it will take ages, or even impossible. Even cleaning their bodies, it's impossible. And my friends somehow went there, and it's really heartbreaking. They're sending me pictures and said, Jem, you have to see this situation. And, and these people are actually already healed. They're not contagious anymore, but the society would not accept them because there's still that stigma that they are unclean. So friends, just imagine during, during Jesus' time, this is the situation, even worse. Friends, it says here, it was called the stroke, the finger of God, deep-rooted, deadly, and it was looked upon as the symbol of sin. And friends, this is quite interesting because every time we see something that is really bad, it's always accredited to God, isn't it? The hand of God, the finger of God, the acts of God, and one thing here that I'm seeing, the enemy just goes out unscratched. He's the biggest prankster of all, isn't it? And his pranks are not fun. His pranks cost his life. And he always points to the one who's, who's innocent, and it's Jesus. And listen to this, friends. Listen to this beautiful thought here. This is from another chapter. I'd like to read this. This paragraph, it says, Not even a sparrow falls to the ground without the Father's notice. Satan's hatred against God leads him to hate every object of the Savior's care. He seeks to mar the handiwork of God, and he delights in destroying even the dumb creatures. Even the little sparrows, he desires to destroy it. You know why? Because it breaks the heart of God. 
And every time that there's a disaster, it's always pointed to our Savior. It is only through God's protecting care that the birds are preserved to gladden us with their songs of joy. Isn't this amazing, friends, that every time you hear a bird sing, it means to say that God's protection was upon them. So, I love this next line that says, But he does not forget even the sparrows. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are more of value than many sparrows. This is our God. This is the God that we serve. So, friends, going back to the leper. You know, once you're a leper, you are you're being brought out of the community. And you could not go back to your family. Just imagine that, friends. You could not be back to your household. Who among you here has been gone away from home for more than two years? Wow. It's heartbreaking, isn't it? At least you have the chance to be with them. And before, there's no FaceTime. There's no messenger. Nothing. You are banished from the society. And every time, and listen to this, in the region of Christ's ministry, there were many, many of the sufferers. And every time, people will somehow get lost and go to this colony. They have to declare themselves unclean, unclean. And people will run away. And friends, listen to this. And the news of his work reached them. The news of Jesus' work reached them, kindling a gleam of hope. But since the days of Elisha, there's no one who got cured of leprosy. Did you hear this? No one was cured of leprosy since the days of Elisha. And it says here, They dared not expect Jesus to do for them what he had never done for any man. And Jesus has not cured anyone yet that has leprosy. So, the lepers were, were thinking, yes, he has done a lot of miracles, but maybe not this. Maybe not this. There was one, however, in whose heart faith began to spring up. Yet the man knew not how to reach Jesus. And this is one thing that's questioning in his mind. Would he stoop to notice one believed to be suffering under the judgment of God? Isn't this heartbreaking, friends? He has that hope, but somehow he's questioning himself. Would he not, like the Pharisees and even the physicians, pronounce a curse upon him and warn him to flee from the haunts of men? He thought of all that had been told of him of Jesus. Not one who had sought help, sought his help had been turned away. This is one good news. No one was what? Can you say amen to that? And this is one amazing thing about our God. He will not turn you away. Those who come to Him, He will know why He's cast out. This is beautiful, beautiful news, friends. The wretched man determined to find the Savior. Though shut out from the cities, it might be that he could cross his path in some byway along the mountain roads or find Him as he was teaching outside of the towns. The difficulties were great, but this was his only hope. Difficulties were so great, but this was his only hope. And I like this next line, friends, because all the while I thought that, that the leper was doing it on his own, was searching for Jesus. Just imagine, friends, Jesus was always in the community, and the leper is always outside. How, what was the chance that Jesus could be on that end of that, of that border or boundary? 
Now listen to this next line. The leper is guided to the Savior. Can you say a louder amen than that? Amen. The leper is guided to the Savior. This is one hope that sparked in my heart. Man, even our approach to the Savior, we did not do it on our own. We were guided by the Spirit. Oh, listen to this, friends. Jesus is teaching beside the lake, and the people are gathered about him, standing afar off. The leper catches a few words from the Savior's lips, and he sees him laying his hands upon the sick. He sees the lame, the blind, the paralytic, and those dying of various maladies rise up in health, praising God for their deliverance. Just imagine that you are a leper and you are seeing all those things happening before your very eyes in a far distance. And I believe, friends, he wanted to zoom in. But it's not, it's not just a gadget that you could zoom in. You have to go forward. Faith strengthens his in his heart. Faith, let me read it again. Faith strengthens in his heart. He draws nearer and yet nearer to the gathered throng. The restrictions laid upon him, the safety of the people, and the fear in which all men regard him are forgotten. He thinks only of the blessed hope of healing. Isn't this amazing, friends? He only thinks about one thing. I wanted to be healed. He is a loathsome or disgusting spectacle. Can you picture him right now walking towards us? It's, he looks like he just raised, he was just raised up from, from the grave. Listen, the disease has made frightful inroads in his decaying body and is horrible to look upon. At sight of him, the people fall back in terror. The crowd upon one another in, in their eagerness to escape from the contact with him. Friends, I could really relate to this right now, especially at the start of 2020 or start of the second quarter of 2020. When you sneeze, people will like... <laughs> if you want the line to part ways, cough. <laughs> But can you picture this? Can you picture a highly contagious disease? And now he's moving forward. And the people were just like, <laughs> picture that in your mind. It says here, some tried to prevent him from approaching Jesus, but in vain. He neither sees nor hears them. Their expressions of loathing are lost upon him. He sees only the Son of God. Wow. He's not here. The taunts of the people that he did not hear, like, no, 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 unclean, move away. He has only one voice that he wants to listen, and that is the voice of Jesus. He, he had a, a tunnel vision, and all he could see is the loving Savior. It says here, he hears only the voice that speaks life to the dying. My dear friends, there would be a lot of voices that we will hear. And most of those voices are the voices that Satan will put in our ears to make us doubt of the power of our God, of the character of our God. Friends, my prayer tonight is that we will have this ear of this leper and will not hear anything else, hear only this voice. Can you say amen? amen. Let us continue. It says here, pressing to Jesus, he cast himself at his feet with a cry, Lord, if thou wilt, canst, thou canst make me clean. New King James Version, it says here, Lord, if you are willing, 
you can make me clean. And the Living Bible, I, I could relate to this translation it says here, Lord, if you want to, you can heal me. Lord, if you want to, you can heal me. You see the faith of this leper? He said, I know, Lord, if you can, if you will, you can heal me. If you want to, you can heal me. And I love this next line. And Jesus replied, I will be thou made clean. And friends, I love, I love the other versions too. It says, I am willing, be cleansed. And the next version, it says, I want to be healed. Can you say amen? amen? Friends, this is one thing that I'd like to share with you tonight. Jesus wants to heal us. Can you say amen? amen. He desires to heal you and me. And friends, remember when Jesus said he was healed. But listen to this. In Matthew 8 verse 3, let me read that again. I will be thou made clean. And he laid his hand upon him. Question. Does he need to do that? He just spoke and the leprosy was gone. But Jesus laid his hand. Jesus did something that showed his character. Friends, isn't this beautiful? The picture of our Savior. He is not disgusted of the leprosy. He is not disgusted with whatever leprosy that we have. And for him, it's not enough to say it. For him, it satisfies him to place his hand upon us. Can you say amen to that? Oh, I know you're tired, friends. But that deserves a stronger amen. Can you say amen? Oh, oh, it says here, Immediately a change passed over the leper. His flesh became healthy. The nerves sensitive, the muscles firm. The rough, scaly surface peculiar to leprosy disappeared. And a soft glow like that upon the skin of a healthy child took its place. Wow. Whew. The moment Jesus spoke, the moment Jesus laid his hand, the softest skin among the crowd was the lepers. The smoothest skin among the crowd was the leper. Friends, this is one thing that I see when we come to Jesus. No matter how dirty we are, we'll become the cleanest. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful, friends? Oh, and it says here, and Jesus, after he, he healed him, this is the instruction. See thou, say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself the priest, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But friends, what did the leper do? He did not go straight to the priest. He went broadcasting. <laughs> he went bragging about his healing. And friends, this is, this is very important. When Jesus says something, it is imperative that we obey it. Even though it doesn't make sense sometimes, even though what you think, what, what may you think would be right, but friends, what Jesus says, we have to follow. Because He has reasons why He said it. And listen, friends, it says here, He did not understand that, at every, that every such manifestation made the priests and elders were determined to destroy Jesus. So instead of showing it off to the people, He wants... He wants the leper to go first to the elders. 
to the priest so that the priest will see that Jesus is abiding with the customs. And friends, the restored man felt that the boon of health was very precious. He rejoiced in the vigor of manhood and in his restoration to his family and society and felt it impossible to refrain from giving glory to the physician who made him whole. You know what was the repercussions of this? Listen. But his act of blazing abroad, the matter resulted in hindering the Savior's work. Whoa. It resulted into hindering the Savior's work. Why? It caused the people to flock to Him in such multitudes that He was forced for a time to seize His labors. A simple instruction somehow, somehow hindered the work of the Lord from going forward. And so we see here a simple lesson that we have to obey, to obey every word that comes out of His mouth. And while Jesus ministered to all who came to Him, He yearned to bless those who came not. And this is another beautiful picture of our Savior here. Even those who did not come to meet Him, He desired to minister to them. And that was the reason why, friends, He sent, He asked, He asked the leper to go to the priest, that they will see the evidence and friends, listen, while he drew the publicans, the heathen, and the Samaritans, he longed to reach the priests and teachers who were shut in by prejudice and tradition. He left and tried no means by which they might be reached. And in sending the healed leper to the priest, he gave them a, a testimony calculated to disarm their prejudices. Friends, isn't this an amazing Savior that we serve? Isn't he a beautiful savior that, he served, that we serve? He desires to win even those who are opposing him. Even those who are plotting for his life, he desires their salvation. Can you say amen? amen. Oh. The priests were convinced of the divine power of the savior. Opportunity was granted them to know the truth, to be profited by the light, but rejected it would pass away never to return by many the light was rejected yet it was not given in vain many hearts were moved from that for a time made no sign but after his ascension a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith wow did you hear this friends after jesus ascended those priests who did not close their hearts were one to the faith and it says, not few, but how many? Many. Friends, let's move on. The work of Christ in cleansing the leper from his terrible disease is an illustration of his work in cleansing the soul from sin. The disciples sought to prevent their master from touching him. For he who touched a leper become himself unclean. Isn't it right? The moment you touch the leper, you become unclean. Listen to the next line. But in... But in laying his hand upon the leper, Jesus received no defilement. His touch imparted life-giving power. No leprosy can stand in the presence of Jesus. And I love in one, one of the books that I was reading, it says, Jesus wants to, to come into our hearts, and Jesus desires to dwell in our hearts, not because that our hearts are clean, but because... Jesus desires to clean it for us. Isn't it beautiful? We can come to Jesus as we are, for He desires to clean that, lep 
that leprosy, that heart of leprosy. Thus, it is with the leprosy of sin, deep-rooted, deadly, and impossible to be cleansed by human power. The whole head is sick, and the whole heart is faint. And from the sole of the foot, even unto the head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. Isaiah 1 verses 5 and 6. But Jesus, coming to dwell in humanity, receives no pollution. His presence has healing virtue for the sinner. Friends, all we have to do is come. All we have to do is come. Whoever will fall at his feet, saying in faith, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean, shall hear the answer, I will be thou clean. Isn't this powerful? Whoever comes at his feet and he says, Lord, if you want to, you can heal me. And you know what's the answer? I want to be healed. I want to be cleansed. Mm. In some instances of healing, Jesus did not at once grant the blessing sought. But in the case of leprosy, no sooner was the appeal made than it was granted. When we pray for earthly blessings, the answer to our prayer may be delayed. Or God may give us something, some other thing that we ask. But not so when we ask for deliverance from sin. Wow. Not so when we ask from deliverance from sin. The moment we ask the Lord, if Lord, if you want to, and the Lord says, I want to, right there and then, the answer will come. Mm. Friends, let us move on. It is His will to cleanse us from sin, to make us His children, and enable us to live a holy life. That was the story of the leper. Now let's go to the second man. And friends, it's just amazing that the more you read the stories, the more it gets exciting. I don't know, I'm the only one who's excited here. <laughs> I hope that you will be excited too. Friends, listen. Now the paralytic. Now I was reading this from the Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And Luke, Luke is very much more descriptive. And it says here, Like the leper, the, this paralytic had lost all hope of recovery. His, his situation is a little bit different from the leper. Because the leper, even if it's not your choice, if you hang out with some lepers, you'll somehow be infected. But this one is a little bit different. His disease was the result of a life of sin. Did you hear this? His disease was the result of his choices. He abused his life, my dear friends, and as a result, he became paralytic, it says here, and his sufferings were embittered by remorse. He had long before appealed to the Pharisees and doctors, hoping for relief from mental suffering and physical pain, but they coldly pronounced him incurable and abandoned him to the wrath of God. Wow! The people whom, whom he desired to hear words of comfort told him, you're hopeless. You deserve that. That's the judgment of the Lord upon you. Wow. The Pharisees regarded affliction as an evidence of divine displeasure. And they held themselves aloof from the sick and the needy. Yet often, these very ones who exalted themselves as holy were more guilty than the sufferers they condemned. Oof. And friends, this palsied man 
entirely helpless. He had heard the wonderful works of Jesus. And he was excited when he heard it. And his friends told him about this. And this is the reason why, friends, that it is very, very important to declare God's goodness in our lives. Because people might hear. People will hear. They will not just might, but they will hear. And friends, you do not know what the Holy Spirit will do with the praises that you declared about the goodness of your God. And they will have hope. Friends, would you believe that we are living right now in a very hopeless world? Huh? People need hope. And if we do not hold back what God has done in our lives, my dear friends, just your thanksgiving would save a soul. Can you say amen to that? Just your declaration of the goodness of God in your life will save a soul. Listen, friends, let me continue on. It says here, And the friends who reported these things encouraged him to believe that he too might be cured if he could be carried to Jesus. But this hope fell when he remembered how the disease had been brought upon him. He feared that the pure physician would not tolerate him in his presence. Wow. And I believe who whispered those thoughts is the enemy of the physician, is the disease giver. Whispered to his thoughts, the pure physician would not tolerate a sinful man like you. And friends, listen, yet it was not physical restoration he desired so much as relief for the burden of sin. Wow. I did not see this before, friends. I did not know that he desire was just forgiveness. It's like, I just want peace. Even if I die like this, I just want peace. The torment of sin in his life was heavier than the paralysis that he's going through. Listen, friends, if he could see Jesus and receive the assurance of forgiveness and peace with heaven, he would be content to live or die according to God's will. Wow. Friends, the cry of the dying man was, Oh, that I might come into his presence. Mm. Goosebumps, huh? (laughs) That was his cry. It was not just like, Lord, heal me. That I will just be in his presence. I just want to see the man that that accepts sinners. Friends, some people just want the gift. But this one, he wants the giver. Do we just want the gift? Do we just want the miracle or the miracle worker in our lives? This man desired Jesus more than anything else. And it says here, there was no time to lose. Already his wasted flesh was showing signs of decay. Friends, he is dying. He besought his friends to carry him on his bed to Jesus. The moment that happened, his friends brought him. And friends, the moment they went there, oh, the place was packed. You heard the story. Have you been to a place that is packed? Who among you here was the most packed place that you have been to? Go to the Philippines. (laughs) Go to the train. Yep. The train, oh man, that's a very joyous experience. I always bring my partner friends and let them experience that and see the horror in their face. (laughs) 
There was one time I brought a family and, and they said, Jen, we want to experience transportation in the Philippines. I said, mm, you're asking for it. Well, well, we were in the platform. Him together with his wife and his two kids, they were hugging one another. I said, is there going to be a stampede? I said, no, no, no. This is not, this is not the, this is not the high time yet. And people were just pushing one another. And when you are in the train, friends, you do not even have to hold the rails. You cannot fall to the ground. There's no ground to fall on. <laughs> and I remember a friend of mine, we were trying to catch the train. It took us like 30 minutes or 45 minutes to go to get inside the train. And he has this, this backpack. This huge backpack because he's flying out of, of the airport. Friends, it is, it was impossible. But somehow, the Lord made it happen. So I could picture that the people in that house was like this. And friends, at his suggestion, whose suggestion? It was the paralytic suggestion. At his suggestion, his friends bore him to the top of the house and break up the roof, let him down at the feet of Jesus. The discourse was interrupted. Friends, isn't it like a suspense? You know already what's going to happen, but every, when you read the accounts of Jesus, it's like, what's going to happen? <laughs> isn't it beautiful? And listen, friends, listen. The Savior looked upon the mournful countenance and saw the pleading eyes fixed upon him. Wow. That's what Jesus saw. And listen, he understood the case. He had drawn himself that perplexed and doubting spirit. Did you hear this? Did you catch that? Jesus drawn to himself that perplexed, doubting spirit. No reaction. It was Jesus who drew that paralytic man to himself. It was not just the desire of the man. The Lord put that desire in the heart of that man to come nearer to Jesus. Can you say amen? amen. It's, not, it's not the will of that man, my dear friends. And this is one amazing thing about our God. Just give him a foothold in your life. Just let him in. And he will put the desire in you. And He will put that intense desire in you for the friendship of God. Let me continue on. It says here, While the paralytic was yet at home, the Savior had brought conviction to his conscience. Who brought the conviction? It was the Savior while he was still at home. It says here, When he repented of his sins and believed in the power of Jesus to make him whole, the life-giving mercies of the Savior had first blessed his longing heart. Jesus had watched the first glimmer of faith grow into a belief that he was the sinner's only helper and had seen it grow stronger with every effort to come into his presence. Did you hear this, friends? That faith grew stronger. Who increased that faith? Jesus, as the sinner, move one step at a time. Isn't this beautiful, friends? This is the God that we serve. And the more we desire to come to Him, it's that intensity. It's Him who increases that intensity, that desire for you to make another step. 
It's not because of your willpower. It's not because of your strength. It's not because of your, of your intellect. It's only because of the goodness of God. He helps us will it. Oh, let us move on. Now, in the words that fell like music on the sufferer's ear, the Savior said, Son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven thee. Friends, come to think of this. Did the sinner, did the paralytic, even said something? Huh? Did the paralytic say something? No. It was enough that Jesus saw his face. It was enough that Jesus saw him, did everything that he could to be in his presence. Can you say amen to that, friends? Oh, the burden of despair rolls from the sick man's soul. The peace of forgiveness rests upon his spirit and shines out upon his countenance. Friends, this is what happens when Jesus does the healing in your life. You cannot help it. It will shine out of your countenance. Whew. Listen, friends. Mm. His physical pain is gone and his whole being is transformed. The helpless paralytic is healed. The guilty sinner is pardoned. In simple faith, he accepted the words of Jesus as the boon of new life. And I like this next line. Listen. He urged no further request, but lay in blissful silence, too happy for words. <laughs> he laid in blissful silence. I could just imagine, no, this is stable. <laughs> just like in his cot, they're like... Friends, isn't it amazing? This is what Jesus desires to do to each and every one of you. Oh, friends, the light of heaven irradiated his countenance and the people looked with awe upon the same. The rabbis now, is a different group, friends. The rabbis had waited anxiously to see what disposition Christ would make of this case. They recollected, they recollected how the man had appealed to them for help, and they had refused him hope or sympathy. Not satisfied with this, had they, they had declared that he was suffering the curse of God for his sins. These things came fresh to their minds when they, when they saw the sick man before them. They marked the interest with which all were watching the scene, and they felt a terrible fear of losing their own influence over the people. Wow. And friends, and Jesus saw what's happening in their hearts and heard their whispers among one another. Jesus, knowing what their thoughts said, what do you think evil in your own hearts? For which it's easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or say, arise and walk. But you may know that the, son of, that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And friends, you know what happened? He rose up. And friends, this is one thing that I realized too. That Jesus was doing this in front of the Pharisees. Because he was telling them, Please, look past your prejudice. Evidence is in front of you. Give in. Give in. And friends, this is the thing that I realized too. That even though how many miracles that we have seen, if we will not open our hearts to the miracle worker, nothing will happen. 
Nothing will happen. We will see evidence upon evidence. But if we will not soften or we will not allow the Holy Spirit to break this hardened heart, nothing will happen. Friends, remember the Pharisees. They have seen the evidences that Jesus was the living God. They knew Him rising up from the dead. That should have convinced them like, Oh, we have been persecuting the Son of God. We have been persecuting the real Messiah, but what did they do? They covered it up. Friends, we need the Holy Spirit to open our hearts. Can you say amen to that? Then, when Jesus said, Arise, then he who had been born on a litter, Jesus, to Jesus rises to his feet with the elasticity and strength of a youth. Wow, with, I love this description with the elasticity. Friends, I, I just learned that I'm not that elastic anymore. <laughs> but this man who's, who's paralyzed, he has the elasticity of a youth. Wow. Mm. The life-giving blood bounds through his veins. Every organ of his body springs into sudden activity. Every organ of his body springs into sudden activity. Friends, this is what happens when Christ is in us. Every organ, friends. Oh, the same voice that spoke life to man created from the dust of the earth had spoken life to the dying paralytic. Wow. We underestimate the power of his word. We underestimate the promises, the assurances that He desires to give us. And He says here, And the same power that gave life to the body had renewed the heart. He who at the creation spoke and it was done, who commanded and it stood fast, had spoken life to the soul dead in trespasses and sins. Friends, you know, most of the time we do not really take Him at His word. We believe our professors more than we believe Him. We believe our idols more than we believe Him. We believe our best friends more than we believe Him. And as a result, the powerful word becomes powerless in our lives. Friends, I remember we met a friend now, a very wonderful friend. Uh, she's from the Hmong tribe. And and Gabriel and I went to, went to this camp meeting. And it was, by the way, Gabriel is my prayer partner. And we were sitting, very casual conversation. We were, we were on the table. And uh, we asked this girl, her name is Tracy. She's married to, to a young pastor now. And they are active church planters. I said, Tracy, how did you find Jesus? And man, <laughs> her story just blew us away. Tracy was trained to be a witch doctor. At the age of eight, she was already doing rituals. She was sacrificing chicken, <laughs> drinking their blood. It's crazy. And she was, Nejem, I was really experiencing the spirit world. And she was made, she was programmed to hate Christians. So every time she encounters people that she knew are Christians, and oh, move away. Make long story short, she got acquainted with, with Christians and she began, she began to, to worship with them. And 
and she encountered the Seventh-day Adventist. And friends, there was one time before she decided to give her life to Jesus, she was in this very difficult situation, and I know the great controversy battle was happening in her heart. And he, she, she heard this beautiful promise, this beautiful verse, John 3.16, for God to love the world. He gave His only begotten Son. And now, that battle was happening in her head. So, the Lord was working in His heart. And she decided to, should I believe that God really exists? And friends, the moment she decided to believe, you know what happened? He said, Jim, all the weight on my shoulder was gone. The enemy has no power over me. Isn't it amazing, friends? We have heard these promises so many times. We memorized it since we were young. But the question is, do we believe it like Tracy believed it? Because the moment she did, God's power was upon her. And the enemy, I could not touch her anymore. Friends, remember, when Jesus touched the leper, leprosy came running out. When Jesus spoke to the paralytic, everything was renewed. This is what Jesus desires to do through each and every one of you. This is what the Lord desires to do in each and every heart. Can you say amen to that, friends? Mm. The paralytic found in Christ healing for both the soul and the body. The spiritual healing was followed by physical restoration. This lesson should not be overlooked. There are today thousands suffering from the physical disease who, like the paralytic, are longing for the message, Thy sins are forgiven. And listen to this next thought, friends. The burden of sin, with its unrest and unsatisfied desires, is the foundation of their maladies. It's not just a physical disease, friends. It's the guilt. It's the burden of sin. It's the weight of sin. It's the unrest and the unpeace of sin. Friends, don't we need Jesus in our hearts? Listen, the world needs Jesus in every heart. They can find no relief until they come to the healer of the soul. They can find no relief until they come to the healer of the soul. Friends, the good news is that healer is a gentle healer. <laughs> you say amen? Yeah. That healer doesn't force. That healer draws us to him. Friends, my suggestion is stop playing hard to get. <laughs> Let's run to the gentle healer who is already walking towards us. Oh, and it says here, in John 3 verse 8, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Can you say amen? amen. Oh, that's a weak amen. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Amen. Oh, John 10 verse 10, in, his, in him was life. And John 4, 1 verse 4, I come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Yes. Friends, we think we're living life to the fullest already. Without Jesus, it's not yet full. Without Jesus, it's not life at all. Mm. Jesus desires 
that you may live life to the fullest and have it more abundantly. No one wants to live abundantly here. <laughs> Let me read it again. That they may have it more abundantly. Amen. If you don't want it, you cannot have it. You have to want it, friends. Can you say amen? amen? We need the Holy Spirit, friends, don't we? And even if it's in front of us, it seems like it's not real. But friends, remember, as He spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. This is how real and how powerful His Word is. We're about to end, friends. Only 15 pages left. No. Listen. In the home... Oh, now, now, now. Picture. Picture the home of the leper. <laughs> Listen. In the home of the healed paralytic, there was a great rejoicing when he returned to his family. Carrying with ease the couch upon which he had been slowly borne from their presence but a short time before, they gathered around with tears of joy, scarcely daring to believe their eyes. He stood before them in the full vigor of manhood. Those arms that they had seen lifeless were quick to obey his will. The flesh that had been shrunken and laden hued was now fresh and ruddy. He walked with a firm, free step. Joy and hope were written in every lineament of his countenance. And an expression of purity and peace had taken the place of the marks of sin and suffering. Glad thanksgiving went up from that home and God was glorified through his son who had restored hope to the hopeless and strength to the one stricken. This man and his family were ready to lay down their lives for Jesus. Isn't this beautiful, friends? The moment you experience Jesus, you know that He's worth dying for. You will know that He's worth living for, my dear friends. And last line, no doubt dimmed their faith. No unbelief marred their fidelity to him who had brought light into their darkened home. Friends, realize the miracle that we witness is not enough. It has to happen in our lives. It has to happen in a very, very, every heart, every soul. It has to happen. It has to happen now. Because we're living in such time right now a lot are sick a lot are dying a lot are hopeless friends aren't you excited to welcome Jesus in are you excited to welcome the gentle healer in your hearts because the moment he does something in your life you'll not be able to shut up you'll not be able to keep it to yourself you know what? It will spread like wildfire. Jesus will spread like wildfire here in Loma Linda, here in California. He needs to be seen. He needs to be lifted up, glorified, magnified, and exalted. Because He desires more than just to heal you. He desires for you to have life abundantly. Amen. Friends, as we end this, this talk tonight, again, let's go back the group that we, are, that we have right, right at the very start. 
Let's pray. Let us ask that the Lord will make it real for us. Let us invite Him with all of our hearts right now. Do the healing, Lord. And you know what's the most amazing thing? No matter where you're at in life, no matter where you're at in your spiritual walk, no matter how ugly the leprosy of sin has done in your life, my dear friends, Jesus desired to put His hand on you. He's not disgusted by the things that disgust us. He desires to place His hand upon you. Let's bow before His presence. Let's come, friends. Let's spend two to three minutes. And friends, uh, if you're done with your prayer, just continue on with silent prayer. Oh, dear Father, Lord, as we invite you into our hearts, Lord, I ask that may you lead our prayers. May you teach us, Lord, how to pray. Friends, we may begin our time of prayer. Lord, we praise you and we thank you that you have given us the best gift that heaven could give. Thank you, Lord, for giving us Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for showing us who you are through the life of your Son. And Lord, as we invite Jesus in, Lord, may, may we experience what the paralytic and the leper has experienced. May we will have our own story to tell. That we will declare to the people around us that we serve a living God. That we serve a powerful God. That we serve a gentle healer. So Lord, I pray that may you take us deeper. Draw us nearer, O Lord. And help us to see a clearer glimpse of you. Anoint us all, O Lord, with the anointing power of your Holy Spirit. And as we leave this place, Lord, may we never leave your presence. We pray all this in the loving and precious name of your Son, Jesus. All your children say, Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.